and then just asking myself, well, what is hope? And in the time that I spent with this, this not only this year, but every year we, we talk about hope probably two or three times a year. And I always struggle with it. So what is hope and, and, and where do we find hope? And as I mentioned, hope is just such a, a short word. It's a short, but it's a very soft sounding word. And as I mentioned, it's very ambiguous. It's kind of like the word love. It can mean so many different things. And it's a word that can be said lightly, or it's a word that can transform our lives if we embody the word hope. And uh, one of my favorite definitions of hope, uh, many of you probably remember Emily Dickens, Dickinson's poem. And she says, hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words. And never stops at all. And so hope is something featherly. You can't quite put your hands on it. And it, and it never stops. And it sings without words. And Peter Gomes, the, the Harvard uh, religion professor, commenting on this poem, he says, rather than the hope of organized good cheer, I wouldn't say Dickinson was an optimist, but she was hopeful. But rather than the hope of organized good cheer, Dickinson's image offers an elusive, fleeting clarity, and it's vividly vague, but it hope endures in the most intimate of spaces, and it never gives up. It's always enduring, very much like love. So like love, hope endures in our hearts and in our souls. It sustains us, and it gives us the energy and the courage to go on. And we can also read in Scripture that God is love. In what I read today, that God is also hope. But very much like love, hope can be very elusive. So how can we live in hope and not ignore the reality of our often harsh and unforgiving world that we live in? And to live in hope, how can we live in hope with all of the complex relationships that we are a part of? And I can't speak for all of you sometimes that the relationships with family and friends and members are, it just seems like the same things. And we just go through the same battles and, and conflicts over and over again. How, how can we live with hope? Henry Nuon says the person of hope lives in the moment. And that's another kind of a myth I'd say is that hope is always in the future, but we, that, that future vision becomes so strong. It becomes a present reality. The, the person of hope lives in the moment with knowledge and trust that all of life is in good hands. In Beth Richardson, it's trusting that something good, something wonderful is on the way. And of course, during the Advent season, we're, we're anticipating the birth of a child. And this kindles a flame of anticipation that something rich, something special is on the way. So do we live in hope, despite the reality of the world? And do we believe that something good and wonderful is on the way? And last Monday, <clears throat> Jennifer was off uh, for a week as a school teacher. And so she and I, we went to the Pagosa Hot Springs for a day of rest and renewal. And while we were soaking in, in the hot tubs, I, I started listening to all the conversations. There were several people in all the tubs, and they were just talking about all of their lives. So I, I consider it public domain because we're in a public place there. And this one couple was talking 
about the expense of flying their family of four to, to San Diego to see the husband's mother at, at Christmas time. And the wife, and this had happened for several years, it sounded like, and the wife said, we can't afford to do this every year. She can't expect us to come out there all the time. She can come see us from time to time. Well, I could have been having that very same conversation myself. It sounded very, very familiar. <laughs> All of us, I think, experience these family dynamics that are complex and stressful with everyone without exceptions. So where do we find hope to move into a more peaceful, loving situation? And another man was trying to figure out and they're in this beautiful place in Pagosa Springs. He was trying to figure out how they would have time for a spring trip to Moab and at the very same time make it to their children's school activities. And specifically, they were wanting to go to sectionals. I think it was some swim meets that their children were involved in. And he was all stressed out trying to figure out how they could be two or three different places at once. And as he was talking about this crisis, <laughs> use that lightly, a crisis, <laughs> His wife's eyes were glazed over and she was drinking a Corona. And I could just see her thinking, can't we just enjoy this day first? <laughs> can't we just enjoy this day? And again, I could relate to him so well. It's really difficult for us to stay in the present moment. And our busyness and our anxiety often robs us of joy and hope. Well, Jennifer and I, we moved on to a, a, another pool, and there was a, a large family there. And this was the, the big pool, if you've ever been to Pagosa, the big pool on the, the west side of the grounds there. And there was a large family in there from Texas, which is my, my home state. And of course, Grandpa was standing outside the pool wearing his 10-gallon black hat with his swimming suit and cowboy boots. And he was chasing his granddaughter down the sidewalk. So you can just picture grandpa with the hat and the cowboy boots. <laughs> and, and he yelled at his granddaughter at the top of his lungs, quit running. And she's just froze in terror. And then he rebuked her for running. And all I could think about is I could see myself in that grandfather and how many times I have lost my patience with someone. And his other granddaughter was in the pool and she was taking selfies of herself and sending them back home to her friends. And mom and dad, they disappeared completely while grandma and grandpa were trying to corral all of the grandkids. And just think about all these people and all these families and, and the stories they were sharing. All I could think about, even though we were all strangers, in many ways, we were all living the very same life. Just the, the stress and the strain of relationships and financial stress and the fatigue of life and trying to find some peace. You could say we were all in the same boat, but at the Pagosa Hot Springs, I guess you could say we were all in the same hot tub <laughs> trying to work out <laughs> all these things in life. And I was reminded of the song that we sing quite often in church. Help us find a quiet center in the desperate lives we live. And hope and peace 
seemed to be floating down the San Juan River outside of the springs there. And finally, Jennifer and I, we moved on to another hot tub. And a very young father was talking in a very soft and gentle tones to his son, who was probably four or five years old, about Levi's age, I would say. And he said to his son, he said, now I need you to listen to me, son. He said, when you play with your brother and your sister, you need to be respectful to them. And that means no pushing and no hitting. And the little boy said, okay. And the dad said, can you do this for me? And he said, yes, daddy. He said, I can do that. They continued to talk in, in these very reassuring tones. And the father said, and if you treat them with kindness, they will treat you the same way. And the little boy said, okay. And then the dad gave his son a hug. He said, now you can go play. He said, and he put his fingers next to his eye. He goes, but I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to be watching you and how you play. And I thought, what a wonderful father. He was so gentle, but firm with his son. And he was modeling and teaching what Martin Luther King said to walk and talk in the manner of love for God is love. And in that moment for me, I saw a lot of hope, kind of what you were talking about there, Eric, just hope not only in that young child, but also in that father's way of being present to his son. And I'd call that a, a Bethlehem moment where hope is born. And all of us, we all have moments when we get frustrated, every single one of us there at the Springs and probably on this call today as well. We all have moments where we get frustrated, where we lose our patience, we get irritated with one another. And that's all part of life. It's being human. But we also have moments and experience times that just saturate us in the way of Christ's peace and grace. Moments that give us a hope that does not disappoint us that we read in Romans 5, where that hope is very muscular and doesn't go away, as Dickinson writes. And many of us know the sting of death well. Times when grief and, and despair weigh heavy. And it's difficult for us to even maybe get out of bed in the morning or do our normal task. And hope is but a distant dream. And I remember after the unexpected death of a family member being so numb that I was unable to move and hope was gone. And I always remember this because it was a pivotal time for me. Uh, Sharon Day, a member of our church, she showed up at our front door and, and let herself in. And she walked into our house and just wrapped her arms around me. And she cried with me and we shared those tears. And she just said, I'm sorry. And she was in that very moment, the hands and the feet of Christ to me. And her love that she showed me and that compassion started the long healing process and gave me hope. Even though it was very faint, hope was born, a Bethlehem moment. And Anne Lamont says, love gives us hope and hope does not disappoint us. And Peter Gomes says, hope is the stuff that gets us through and beyond when the worst thing that can happen, happens. 
and that love and that grace sustains us through the darkness and offers us a hope that roots us and does not disappoint us. So during this Advent season and throughout our lives, Christ calls us to live in hope. The hope that God's spirit of love is moving through us and through our world, healing and restoring us. And it's a slow process. And as we often say, it's, it looks more like three steps forward and two steps back, but, but that healing and restoration is happening. And we can celebrate life with all of its beauty and goodness. And we can also face our despair and struggles as one. And during Advent, can we find hope? Can we find hope in a manger? Can we find hope in a star? Can we find hope in a, a young couple with a child? Can we find hope in three wise people from the East? Can we discover hope in a young father's or a young mother's patience or a heartfelt hug? Because love in any shape or form gives us hope. And hope does not deny the reality of the world, but realizes, as the scripture says, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Henry Nuon says, there's an old-fashioned expression that says, as long as there is life, there is hope. And as people of faith, we can say, as long as there is hope, there is life. Because Christ is with us, and may we live with that hope. Amen.